You're listening to The Backbone, a podcast exploring the journey of finance and operations within tech companies. Before we get started, a quick word from our sponsors. 2020 is behind us, but last year's challenges haven't disappeared. It's still difficult to plan ahead as a business and even more so when you can't connect the dots between your people, processes, and technology. That's where Venna comes in. Venna is the complete planning platform that is loved by finance and trusted by business. The Venna growth engine combines the world's leading grid, Excel, with the technology and methodology you need to power your plan to grow. Venna empowers your financial transformation so you can go from accounting mystery to planning mastery and grow with confidence. Learn more at www.venasolutions forward slash backbone. There are general structures that apply to almost every organization. But I actually don't like to think of this as a framework per se. The reason being that a framework, in my opinion, can sometimes limit your thinking to what you've learned in the past or what you've what you've built at your previous startup. The reality is that finance is a strategic and supportive function. And in order to do that, it needs to be built for this organization, not the last one. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Backbone, a podcast exploring the journey of finance and operations within tech companies. I'm your host, Shabam Data, at Shabam on Twitter. If this is your first episode, welcome, and thanks for checking it out. For those returning listeners, I'm so glad you're here. I hope that you've subscribed, rated, and reviewed the show on whichever platform you're hearing this now. It would mean so much to me and help spread the stories of these amazing finance leaders we feature on The Backbone. Joining me on this episode of The Backbone is Etienne Saint-Martin, Director of Finance at Roadmonk, an end-to-end roadmapping tool used by some of the largest companies in the world. Etienne is a CPA and has over 10 years of experience in professional services and venture-backed high-growth tech companies. Prior to joining Roadmonk, he held leadership positions at FreshBooks and Deloitte. With a strong background in financial reporting and financial planning and analysis, he is passionate about building teams to help companies scale. And so without further ado, here's Etienne, Director of Finance at Roadmonk. Hey Etienne, thanks for joining me on The Backbone today. How's it going? Hey, it's good. How are you? Not, not bad. So we've got lots to get through on the show today. Why don't we get started with your career journey? I know you started your career at Deloitte, where you spent five years prior to taking the plunge into tech at FreshBooks, where you were the manager of FP&A. And since then, you joined Roadmonk, where you're now the director of finance. So talk to me about your career journey to date and how it all started for you. Absolutely. Before digging into it, I just want to thank you for having me on. It's, it's really a pleasure to be here. So I like to think of my journey as a series of two to five year chapters where I go through intense periods of learning and growth, followed by short term plateau, which is typically when I start feeling comfortable in my role, which then forces me to move on to the next project. So for me, it all started at Deloitte in 2010, uh, where I spent the next five years auditing a wide range of different companies that predominantly came from retail, manufacturing and energy industries. Um, Then there came a point after I got my CA designation where I started asking myself, 
now what? For the longest time, the CA was kind of the end goal of my career, especially when I was in university. And then I quickly realized that for me, it was just the starting point. So, so really that question came up for me and it was really a big one. I always knew that I wanted to help companies grow, be better and make more money. And while auditing gave me a really solid foundation, it didn't put me in a position where I could influence day-to-day decision-making. So around the same time, I started taking interest in Google. And the more I looked at what they were doing, the more I realized just how quickly they were changing the global landscape. I wanted to be a part of that because for me, it emphasized the potential that lies in technology and solving some of the world's biggest problems and doing that quickly, something that wasn't necessarily the case when you're dealing with manufacturing. Around the same time, I started looking around and FreshBooks came on my radar. And I immediately understood the company's value proposition because of my background in accounting. So it was really easy for me to get on board with the company's mission and quickly seeing the value that they provide. So that role was really interesting. I was the first full-time CA hired at the company. And I spent the first two years building the financial reporting team with Shovik, who's now CFO at Drop. Then I got really interested in learning more about FP&A because I saw the importance it played in influencing the strategic direction of a company. I joined the team as a manager overseeing the recurring subscription side of the business, which was uh, really, really insightful. Shortly after, I was contacted by a recruiter who told me all about Roadmonk. Uh, the role was really appealing to me because it gave me the opportunity to build a finance department from the ground up something that I knew would be an entirely different challenge at a much smaller company of a different size. So really the opportunity to have an impact was super exciting. After meeting with the CEO and the rest of the leadership team, I knew that Roadmonk would be a great fit for me. The energy and passion that everyone in the leadership team had was infectious. And I was really excited to be a part of a company where we could move quickly that brings me to where I am today. It's, it's been an amazing ride, lots of changes in growth. Navigating the pandemic's been a lesson of its mm-hmm. own, to say the least. And it's been a great learning experience. That's awesome. And, and we'll dive into some of those points uh, later on. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about Roadmonk? What does a company do and what is it all about? Absolutely. So Roadmonk's an end-to-end road mapping tool. Um, The value we bring is in the ability to easily articulate and communicate a roadmap with various stakeholders, which span from both operators to executives. The beauty in this tool is just honestly how adaptable and customizable it is. It's really impressive just how using the same information, you can create a roadmap that will make sense to a technical engineering leader, while through the click of a button, you can present something that will be appropriate to present to the executive team. So the thing to know about roadmaps is that this type of software has traditionally been used by product managers. And the exciting thing is that we're seeing a lot of different departments and industries adopting it in the last few years. So it's really exciting to see just what kind of potential um, there is in this industry. And from what I know about our customers and the feedback that we get, Uh, we see just how much it helps them in completing their jobs. I mean, there is a million things these folks have on their plate and being able to save them hours of time in not having to do administrative tasks is is really, really exciting. The thing to note is that previously, 
roadmaps were done through Excel and PowerPoint and having this tool just cuts down on all that time, which, which becomes a cumbersome endeavor when you're asked to make last minute changes. So that's, that's essentially roadmap in a nutshell. Gotcha. And and so you alluded to this a little bit, but it seems like there are other areas outside of just product management that are using this kind of tool. Is that because, I mean, a lot of the workflows that go into product roadmapping and as used by product managers is usable in other aspects of the organization as well, like thinking through workflows or thinking to through like a timeline of events. Are, are these some of the other use cases that you're seeing? Uh, folks use Roadmap for? Absolutely. So really at the end of the day, Roadmap's a way to communicate timelines, priorities, and steps. And we realize, or, or other industries and departments have realized that this tool can be used for more than just uh, product deployments. Time for a quick break and a word from our sponsors. 2020 forced all of us to react, adapt, and pivot all without a playbook. As we kick off 2021, how are you planning to lead and grow your business? Whether you're looking to make up for lost time or to accelerate growth, Venna can help you streamline the way you plan. If you're looking to upgrade your ability to adapt, improve the way you manage your workforce, increase your number of accounts, or gain a better understanding of what drives your business, you need a plan to grow. And that's where Venna's complete planning platform comes in. Check out venasolutions.com forward slash backbone for more information. And now back to the show. And so at Roadmonk, like you mentioned, when you started the finance team, you kind of had to start it from scratch and you grew it out slowly. As you thought about finance at Roadmonk, what frameworks did you use to expand the function? And then I guess as a follow-up to that, how did you decide what areas of finance you would do in-house at Roadmonk versus those that you would outsource? That's a really great question. To start, I'd just like to clarify that the finance team actually needed to be built pretty quickly. When I joined, the company had grown substantially across the board, but finance, as is usually the case, only had one person processing bills and issuing payroll. I knew that that we needed to catch up, but I'm also a firm believer that that you've first got to go slow in order to go fast. Initially, the first stages are first understanding what the business needs and how it functions and how finance can support it. And that's a slow process because it takes time to understand what's going on. Uh, But once you have that game plan, you're now in a position to go much faster. I've learned over the years that building the wrong thing takes far more time to fix than taking the time to be thoughtful from the start. So really, I think that this is just a, a crucial step that can't be overemphasized. In terms of the steps, ultimately, I categorize that into three kind of three buckets. So first, it's information gathering. And as I like to explain it, it's, it's understanding the lay of the land. Then you categorize the information you get between just operational and strategic initiatives. Then once you've got all that information, then you craft a plan and you start executing. And that's where it's really important to have the right folks in the right place. There are general structures that apply to almost every organization, but I actually don't like to think of this as a framework per se. The reason being that a framework, in my opinion, can sometimes limit your thinking to what you've learned in the past or what you've, what you've built at your previous startup. 
the reality is that finance is a strategic and supportive function. And in order to do that, it needs to be built for this organization, not the last one. Understanding the business needs takes a lot of time. It probably takes more time than people would like to admit, but it's just first got to understand what you're getting yourself into. And as you understand that, you bucket the information also based on urgency, which I describe as being things you need to do to keep the lights on. So making sure that the cash is well-managed, payroll is processed, uh, so the employees aren't complaining, and that AR and AP is looked after. Usually tackling those things means building a financial reporting team uh, from the start, which also means establishing processes and structure to the organization. And as you work on that, then I started working on building a data pipeline and infrastructure to give my team the ability to see what's going on with our customers and our business overall. And that's where the SaaS metrics start coming into play. The last thing I'd like to point out here is that before I start diving into in-house versus external is that the business is very dynamic and so should the finance team be. So it's not one and done. You constantly have to understand what's happening in the organization, which means having strong partnerships with those who are leading the various departments and being able to adapt and restructuring or making changes to the finance team um, as needed. So in-house versus external, not everything needs to be done in-house. Oftentimes, you see people with tremendous potential stock processing AP, for example, and you can unlock those people by getting outside help. But there's a few things that you need to consider. Number one, importance. What if something goes wrong? Is it going to shut down the business or is no one going to notice? If it's a very important task, then it should probably be handled in-house. Volume, how many transactions are we talking about? Are we talking about something that's manageable for someone to do externally? Or is this something where we need to hire someone full-time or to eliminate through automation? And then the third one is, is it straightforward or complex? For us, AP and payroll are things we can outsource. But AR, on the other hand, we've got a lot of unique deals we have and we deal with enterprise clients. So we can't just outsource that because the human component is a very important part of this process and things change frequently. So, so we've got to make sure that, that we're dealing with those cases uh, appropriately. And also like to point out is that you first want to, you want to consider also what kind of value you're trying to build within the organization. If you see yourself as a department that only deals with general operating activities and closing the books, then you're going to build your team in a certain way. But if you see yourself as a strategic leader who handles the core operational functions, but also sees the opportunity in growing the rest of the business, then you're more likely to find ways to try and automate so that you can unlock your people to do more, to handle more strategic initiatives. Yeah, totally agree with all of that. Moving along a little bit to the pricing and packaging conversation as it relates to SaaS companies and in particular SMB SaaS companies. I think both your time at FreshBooks and now at Roadmonk, both these companies have free trials and a self-serve onboarding process. And so for you, what are the most important metrics that you consider for these types of businesses? So while we serve SMBs, we also have a lot of enterprise customers. Because those customers have very different profiles, which comes with its own set of risks, opportunities, and challenges, the metrics we focus on are different. So we're looking at metrics that span across all areas of the marketing funnel, along with some other health metrics to assess just how we're growing. 
starting at the top of the funnel for both sets of customers, SMBs and enterprise, we keep a close eye on our trials and conversion rates to, to make sure that, that a healthy amount is coming through each week. Given we have so many different profiles that join, we found a way to score them based on our idea of how an ideal customer looks. And what that does is that really facilitates the handoff between marketing and sales since it equips them in understanding where the biggest opportunities lie from the start. Dealing with specifically SMBs, there's a lot more users who are at a much lower price point. There's a lot of opportunities to grow these customers, but growing our logos and managing our churn and monitoring gross retention is a big concern for us. Flip over to enterprise, churn isn't as common, isn't as big of a risk. So here we're really focused on looking at net dollar retention and how these customers are expanding each year. Right. And so as it relates to these two funnel metrics that you were talking about on the self-serve SMB funnel metrics, those will be vastly different from the ones on your enterprise side. I'm just curious for for you coming from uh, uh, FreshBooks, where to my understanding, it's purely SMB to now also having to figure out uh, SMB and enterprise in the same business. Did that pose any specific challenges for you? I would say the biggest challenge for me was just in terms of the learning curve. I wasn't as familiar with the sales cycle on the enterprise side of the business, wasn't as familiar in monitoring metrics for enterprise customers. So I would say that that's probably where the biggest learning curve happened is understanding how should we be viewing these customers and what are the leading and lagging indicators that we should be focused on. Right. And then one for Roadmonk specifically, is there any seasonality inherent in the product? Like for example, someone will start using Roadmonk at the start of a planning process. So let's say they're planning for a specific project, or right now a lot of people are doing 2021 planning as an example. How does this impact the metrics that you monitor from the finance perspective to kind of get signal from noise? That's a really great question. And you've hit the nail on the head there. The biggest seasonality we have is with people using the product and quickly leaving afterwards. And this typically happens with SMBs who have a few product managers who scramble at the last minute to put something together to present their boss. And understanding this, we have customer success team that focuses on these small customers. We realize the potential we have if we're able to show them the value in integrating this tool as part of their everyday workflow, as opposed to using it in a reactive fashion. So customer success leverages data to then get involved in all parts of the life cycle, understanding the stage where, typ- where users typically drop off, and then staying ahead of the curve by proactively reaching out before it happens. I think just being proactive about it is is probably the best that, that you can do is just to be prepared for it. That makes sense. Last question here before we jump into our quickfire round, and that is, what is the biggest misconception about the finance function within growth stage software companies like Roadmonk? So I like this question because it's one I often think about. So two of them come to mind. First is that finance is trying to slow people down by creating processes and controls. So sure, startups work great in their first few years by getting verbal approvals on marketing spend. But there becomes a point where it acts significantly slows you down and wastes money. And building processes protects the future of the company while also making sure that people are thoughtfully thinking through their decisions. The second one is in the value and impact we can have on the organization. I've heard so many people say that the first thing that comes to mind when they think of finance is bills and payroll. 
I think that happens when we all too often see a finance team is run by a single person who does everything. And because they're stretched so thin, they can't do anything beyond the day-to-day. But we're a lot more than that. And if, with our business acumen and, and the visibility we have seeing all the numbers across all the organization, we're really in a good position to synthesize this information and to assess whether or not we're all moving in the right direction. So, so those would be the two that I would say would would naturally jump to mind. Yeah, definitely. And and I think it, those are those are popular ones and ones that you know, other guests have have brought up as as well. But you're right, it still remains one of those misconceptions about the finance function. Well, what I'd love to do now is jump into our quickfire round. And the way this works is I'll ask you some questions and you'll have 10 to 15 seconds to respond to each. How does that sound? Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. So what's your go-to online resource for all things finance related? So I've got two. Uh, the first one's for entrepreneurs by David Stock. And the second one's Thomas Tungus. He's got a really good news feed and he's a yeah. VC from Redpoint. Yeah, both great ones. But what's your favorite productivity hack? So I've got a million things on my plate. So for me, it's all about staying organized. And I do that through Trello and Evernote, which is a note-taking tool. Nice. And what's one thing you don't leave your home office before finishing? So I've got a desk at home, so I make sure I clean my desk before leaving for the day. And I also make sure I do my to-do list for the next day since it helps me just clear my mind and not have to worry about what I'm going to be doing, what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Nice. What's one jargon that makes you cringe? First one that comes to mind is dog fooding. I, I, I actually, <laughs> I don't like that term. Not very, not very intuitive. Yeah, fair enough. And that's so funny because as you were talking about the one thing you don't leave, like the task list and making sure I, I was going to ask if you dog food Roadmonk's own software. But. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I do I do dog food the software, but for me, Trello does that a bit best when it comes to tracking my tasks. So I, I use a bit of both, but I know other yeah, departments I, all across Roadmonk use it, use it quite a bit. Right. That's funny. And, and lastly, what's the best advice you've received so far in your career? It's to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. So that's really helped me over the past five to seven years. I think that just so often we're, we limit our potential by just stopping where things get stressful and uncomfortable. And I've learned that just before you feel like giving up, you end up having a breakthrough if you just hang on and persevere. So that would be the best advice I've been given, which I think came from a book actually. That's great advice for sure. Well, Etienne, it's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you, your career journey, chatting about Roadmonk and and how you went about setting up the finance function there, as well as thinking through areas of the finance function that should be done internally versus those that can be outsourced. And then also speaking about the different challenges and opportunities that pricing and packaging present when you're serving the SMB market versus the enterprise market. So I really enjoyed this conversation and thanks so much for spending some time with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right. Awesome. Take care. Bye now. You too. Bye. And that wraps up another episode of The Backbone. Check out some of the other awesome finance leaders featured on The Backbone from companies like Ecobee, Wealthsimple, League, and many more. Thank you for listening all the way through and joining me on this journey inside finance at a tech company. Until next time, take care. Oh, and one last thing before we leave. A final word from our sponsors, 
Get growing today with Plan to Grow, a free, mobile-friendly digital learning and event platform for busy finance professionals. Join industry experts and thought leaders for CPE-accredited talks and tutorials, live and interactive events, insights, and inspiration. Stay informed on the latest trends with live and on-demand videos and continue your professional development with a library of over 35 hours of CPE-accredited talks. Plan to Grow is the ultimate destination to power your growth journey. Head over to plantogrow.com forward slash backbone to unlock your experience.